Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. We started praying and looking at some uh, what God would have us to do, and uh, the Lord said, turn. Got the word turn, so I... I thought, I, I wonder how many times you can find the word turn in the Bible. So I Googled that. That was a mistake. These, uh, if, you'll, if you'll take your, your uh, these tools that we have and use them for the glory of God, they're, they're a lot better. Um, and, and as Sister Brenda was unwinding, I'm going to find this, these statistics I got. I got them here somewhere. I put them on a little bitty note, and I knew I wouldn't be able to find them, and I'd be fumbling around up here. But anyways, it makes you all feel better knowing that, you know, you're tolerating me, and that's fine. Two, 320 times. Now, that does include that little book that the Catholics have which I, I wouldn't, I didn't want to take it up. 246 times in the Old Testament, 25 times in the New Testament, you'll find the word turn. And as Sister Brenda was talking about how everybody is fasting from social media, we're, we're at a time in, in our nation and as human beings where everything is bombarding us. I have, uh, I had three email accounts. I closed one on purpose. I have two email accounts that I try to monitor that drive me crazy all day long. I got vendors and customers that send me orders from both of them, not to mention all the text and emails that I get through my phone, different uh, uh, social media that I get for orders and replying back and forth with vendors and customers all day long. Phones ringing. I answer my. I'm on the cell phone. My desk phone is ringing. I have mechanics. Customers coming to the counter all day long, it never ends. I can be like that all day long. I have to wait for everybody to leave and lay things out in front of my desk and figure out what happened and where I'm at and what I'm supposed to be doing. This goes on day in and day out. It never ends. I said, I got to get rid of some stuff because what the point of all this that I'm having, we are losing track of our purpose. We're losing track of what we're supposed to be doing. I can't even I can't even get out what I'm supposed to just do from a day-to-day basis. Bombarded, overwhelmed. And the problem is if I'm not stimulated to such extent on a moment-to-moment base, I think that I'm failing and losing because I've been so so bombarded with all this day in and day out that I, I just ask Vicky, I go home, I don't talk, I sit there, I turn the TV on, and within 15 minutes, I'm sleeping. And it's not good sleep. Turn. It's time that I turn. I don't know about you. But we think that we're missing something. We think that we're missing out on something. We think that that somehow or another something's going on and we're not involved. When what we should be involved in is 
I'm, I'm going to call it fundamentals, rudimental, uh, not just techniques, but behavior of Christians. What is it that we should be doing? What is it that on a day-to-day basis we ought to be thinking about? I know we can quote some scripture, right? Think on the things that are above, right? Uh, meditate on my word day and night. He told Joshua, keep the law and and don't turn to the left or to the right and you will prosper and do well and be successful, amen? And, and so now we have a new definition of being successful. Successful nowadays is his kids getting out of college, buying new homes, having a new car to park in that home, having all the indemnities that go along with it, the, the 60-inch television, the sound system, all the lights, the security system, the boats, and all the trips, and everything in this world that the world says that you need to be happy. And none of those things are going to bring glory unto God. Because in the in the midst of all that, none of us, or at least me, is thinking about the souls of those around us. We think, oh, I'll witness on the way to me enjoying myself and getting to a place where I'm, uh, because I've been blessed with so much that now I'm able to reach more people. But the truth of the matter is, most of the people that are doing those things don't care about what you think anyways. It takes divine appointments for us to be at the right place at the right time. And in order to have a divine appointment set up, you must have first have spent time with God. And during all those things, do you think that you really was spending time, intimate time with God? And the answer is no. You were not. You thought you were doing the will of God. Well, I have to work. I have to take care of my family. I have to commute. I have to do all these other tasks. Thank God that I do have a merciful wife who takes care of me in ways that I can't even imagine. I would not make it a moment without her. Now, I'm just talking about me. Now, you all, you examine your own lives. You look at your wives, your husband, your spouse, and, and your children that rely upon you and others that are in your life, whether they are a part of your family or just a part of your life, that depend upon you. And even they can rob you of the things that are essential for your walk with God. As I looked at, at these scriptures and I looked at the many, many times that the word term is just in the New Testament, the first place we find it is when it's talking and referring to John the Baptist. He said that he would come and he would turn the hearts of the fathers under their children. And I thought about that for a minute and I thought about how my I grew up with my parents... Uh, Ungodly people, not not heathenistic by any means, professionals, college grads, uh, all doing uh, things of the world. But yet, in their eyes, kids were to be seen and not heard. Their opinion didn't matter. They're, they were in the way. Uh, they were not a part of their livelihood. As a matter of fact, I was a distraction in my home. I kept them from doing what they wanted to do. Many years of Godly therapy <laughs> helped me to overcome that. Amen. Amen. Because, you know, when I come here, I find godly love. I find godly parents. I find people in the church who love their children. They nurture their children. They raise their children in the ways that God would have them to raise them. They take time with them. They're patient with them. They teach them the ways of God, which were none of the things that I had growing up. And 
course, I wanted to throw rocks at the church the whole time growing up. That's beside the point. I'm not going down that road tonight in this message. But the point was, had they turned to God, I know I would have been a different person. But irregardless of all that, I'm the person I am through the grace of God today. And I know the difference on both sides of the fence. But yet, praise God, none of that matters to God. He's not going to allow you to use that for a crutch or an excuse for not turning to Him and getting right. Amen. We need some Scripture. Amen. Well, let's look at Hebrews, first of all. In Hebrews 12 and 25, the Bible says, See that you refuse not Him that speaketh. For if they escape not who refused Him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from Him that speaketh from heaven. Now, many doctrines have been written on that Scripture that you can lose your salvation. Now, I don't believe you can lose your salvation. Why? Because you didn't gain it. It wasn't because of anything that you did in the first place. It was the gift of God. He who gave the gift, He who started the work in me said He would finish it against that day. I have confidence in whom I have believed. I know that He is able to keep me until that day. I know that by the Spirit of God I am sealed until the day of redemption. And there's nothing that the world, the Bible says that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the work that God did on Calvary. And that because I'm secure in what He did, I am not insecure in what I do in the fact that I believed in Him. I've been born again by my name is in the book of life and there is nothing this world or somebody that wants to take a gymnastic stance with the scripture and try to make me look like I've lost my salvation. Amen. But I must take heed to the, to the scripture. I must understand that I have a responsibility to stay turned into what God has said. I have a responsibility to keep seeking the Lord. I have a responsibility. When you turn from to God, what's that mean? You're turning from something else. And so we're at a, a place in time where we must continually, with the bombardment of advertisement, pleasure, sin on every hand, uh, so many things in this world that will consume you. I mean, just think about the sickness that's going around us, right? We can get bombarded with sickness and lose out on praying for the souls of men on a day-to-day basis because we're putting their physical uh, aptitude or situation before their condition of dying lost. Don't lose focus. Don't lose focus. One of the one of the things when I start praying, they talk about Josh. He's sitting there, and they're like, "Pray for Josh. He's he's going into a coma." I'm I'm not, or others that we've had, and and they're praying. Well, he's in the ICU. He's sick. He's not doing well. And, and we don't know about their soul. What do you pray? I'll tell you what I pray. I say, pray. I say, Lord, wake them up. I say, Lord, make them alive. I say, Lord, uh, bring them to themselves that we know that they're saved. I care less about everything else. Why? Because it's all going to vanish away. Amen. We got so much vanity. We got so many things. You look in the Old Testament, you compare the New Testament of turning and the way that the world is today, and you look in the Old Testament and you see that the old prophets, the old, the old wise men said that there's vanity of vanities. Everything is in vain. When when 
when Nebuchadnezzar walked in and he saw the glory of all the things that he had created and he said, look what I have done. No doubt the, the what he had accomplished by what? The hand of God. Amen. With or without his acknowledgement of it, it was by God's divine hand that he accomplished those. All he had to do was say, glory to God. Look what happened. But instead, he stood up and took the, 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 the privilege. What's the word I'm looking for? He took the, the glory, the responsibility. He said, I did this by my hand. And what did it cost him? Seven years eating grass like an oxen. Thinking that he had it within himself to accomplish such tasks. To create such a kingdom, such a place of such glory and splendor and wonder that no one on the planet had ever seen or experienced such a thing, not since after the flood. And yet this man Nebuchadnezzar, it cost him everything. It brought him to a place just like you and I when we think that we're stepping out on our own and that we're in charge and that we're doing all these things in our own self and in our own ability and yet we find out that it's all been by the providential care, grace, and mercy of God. Amen. God's been speaking from heaven to us since we were born. He was speaking to Nebuchadnezzar when he was born. I was thinking about how when uh, Balaam was going to go down there and prophesy over the children of Israel and how uh, God told him, he said, don't you turn to the left or right. And then he even took that old that old uh, mule, that old whatever you call that donkey, and he and he took him and he put him on there and he told him, he said, I didn't tell you to go. And then he told him, you just do what I tell you to do. But yet Balaam tried to turn from that. Amen. And what I'm going to tell you what, here's a, there's a plain and simple physical, spiritual activity that we must maintain day in and day out. And you are ahead of the curve in the fact not that we're performing one against another, but if we're going to truly see revival in the church, we're going to have to turn from the world and turn back to the old past and get back in the will of God and get back to what the Bible says and get back to doing what God told us to do. And some of those simple spiritual truths are some of the things that we maintain here day in and day out. So this may just be a reminder unto you, but I'm telling you tonight, if you want to see the glory of the Lord pouring out in your life and in this house, it'll be because you maintain turning from this world and unto God who's the author and finisher of your faith. Amen. And that's by prayer. And that's by reading God's Word. That's by meditating on His Word. That's by constantly examining yourself, not just at foot washing time, not just when it's time to take of those uh, uh, of those uh, uh, sacraments, but all the time. Every time we come into the house of God, we ought to first examine ourselves and see if we be of the faith. Every time that we gather or go to speak to somebody, we ought to first see if we're walking in the ways that God would have us to walk. Every time that we go and try to meet together, whether it's on Sunday morning or Sunday night or on Wednesday night, we ought to be preparing ourselves to for God to use us and that we would become a instrument and a, a servant of God to serve God 
is, our hearts are so flippant. We've turned, I mean, just, it's like squirrel and a dog, right? I mean, we're just like so easily just distracted. Or am I just speaking to myself here? And so I've got to constantly turn. You You think when you get in sin, you see the last thing in the world. You, you want to know why the house of God has more empty seats than full? Because sin is rampant. It's rampant. Now we know that what covers a multitude of sin? Love. Amen. Love covers a multitude of sin. Now we know God so loved the world. Amen. He gave His only begotten Son. Amen. What about you? Are we still like Pharisees pitching our judgments and our commandments on other people? Yet He said, you lawyers, you won't even lift your your pinky to help somebody in need, but yet you keep throwing your laws out on people. Look, law will do nothing but but kill. The letter of law kills. But the Spirit maketh alive. Amen. The Spirit don't work in the law. It works in love. The Spirit works in grace. The Spirit works in long-suffering and in patience. Commending myself unto God. It was love that put Jesus on the cross. It was love that made Him endure the the subject of being called a sinner, yet yet without sin. It was love that did it. It was love that made him endure. It's a love that only God can give us. There's all kinds of things that we can turn from. As I read in the Scriptures, and I look, here's some things about turning. You can turn yourself. Others can turn you. God can turn you. But the responsibility is for you to turn you. Amen. Now I understand that as John the Baptist came preaching repentance, it turned many, that's what the Bible says over in, uh, uh, I got it right here. I think it's, I think it's Luke 117. Um, in, in, in Luke 117, it says that as he preached, that those that heard that preaching repented. Amen? They repented. They turned from their ways unto God through repentance. And God accepted that repentance. And then, and then John preached to the Pharisees and said, What has brought you here? Bring repentance that God will accept. Why were they down there? They just wanted to see, like Brother JT says all the time, a reed shaking in the, in the wind. They wanted to see all these followers of John that John was preaching, you must repent of your sin and be baptized to please God. And it was turning them. There was something in it that was turning them, that when they got up from this repentance, they were different. And the Pharisees were saying, this man's doing something that God is involved in, and they were turning from their sin, and they were turning back to God. Guess who was being left out? The Pharisees. 
right? They, they needed the traditions that they had been implying and imposing upon all those around them to continue or they were going to lose their status. They were going to lose their livelihood. Remember when Jesus came in the week before He was crucified on the Palm Sunday and they said the whole world goes after Him. And they were upset because they were getting knocked out of their status and in their place of position, their position of authority where everybody looked to them for help from God. But that was the whole purpose. Why when Paul was preaching unto the Jews, that he said, I see that you reject this salvation that I'm preaching unto you. He said, now we are going to turn unto the Gentiles because he knew that they would receive the word of God. They didn't have the traditions of the world. Yeah, they had gods of plenty. They had all kinds of, of leaders and all kinds of fathers and all kinds of things going on. But bless God that what they did not have is the witness of the Holy Spirit and when Paul started preaching that Christ Jesus died for their sins and that they could be born again bless God you know what was happening they were getting born again and churches were being established and built up through this gospel that Paul preached so when we think about turning yeah Luke 1 16 17 is where that is I got wrote down right there I knew now that I got myself out of the way amen there's a lot of turning we can do, and I'm going to tell you what, church, we got to continue to keep turning into God. Now, you can say we can keep turning into the church, keep turning into the Bible, keep turning into prayer, keep turning into repentance, but I'm going to tell you these are things that we've got to continue to keep doing. we got to keep turning to God. He, either He is the author and finisher of your faith, or you don't have a God. You're lost. Amen. Because there is, as I was reading these scriptures and I was looking at all the different places... In, in the book of Isaiah, they said there ain't but one God. All the other gods were manifested by man. They were either they were either built in a fire with metal and crafted, or they were hewed down out of a tree. And it said that those gods were not like the one and true living God because they could take those gods, if they got cold, they could chop them up and warm themselves. What kind of God is that? That you can resurrect it on Monday... And on Wednesday, be cooking some eggs over the top of it. That's not a good God, is it? That's not a God. That's a God that has to be moved around. And that's the gods of this world. That's the gods of this political uh, stance that we're dealing with right now. They're just about trying to conform you into their ways and into their wills and to, and to throw off God. They don't want us coming together worshiping. They don't want us coming together praying. They don't want more than 10 of us gathering at any time. They, they, at one time, they imposed a 50 people limit. I'm going to tell you what. When they start imposing any kind of limits on God's people, something's wrong. That's the time when we ought to be turning to God and saying, all right, God, you see what they're doing. But you know what? The Bible says that through the hardships, as Jesus was telling the disciples, what was going to unfold for them, he was telling them, you guys are all going to be subject under great persecution. And he said, and as I read that scripture, he said, this will turn to you as a great witness and a testimony. And as we're subject to all these influences of this world, I, I want to pray tonight, I want to uh, encourage you to Keep Christ at the center of who you are. 
because it will turn as it did them for you a great testimony of your faith in Christ. And if you refuse to do that, you lose. Christ is still Christ with or without you. Amen. And the time to choose is not at the moment. The time to choose is before like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We do not have to think about this, King. We have already made our mind up. We will not bow or worship your idol. We must, in advance, be prepared. And let me tell you how you get advanced preparation by training. And you could say, "Well, you're just trying to you're just trying to uh, change us. You're just like any other thing in the world." No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Because eternal life is through Christ and Christ alone. Amen. It'd be different if we didn't have the witness. And we didn't have the book. And we didn't have the death and burial and the resurrection. It'd be different if all these things were not true. It'd be different if all these things did not happen. It'd be different if, if Christ didn't do this and, and prove that He did it by coming back and speaking words and speaking to people and laying His hands on them and eating fish with them and, and doing all these. It'd be different if it wasn't for all that. Amen. Come and get us all. I got a whole bunch more. I, let me just do this. Let me encourage you to get in the book and look at all the places where you can see the places where it turned. I, I looked in in Isaiah and, and I and I wanted maybe I'll read just a second there if I can find it without any effort here. Turning Proverbs four twenty six, it says, "Ponder the path of thy feet." Let all thy ways be established. How, how do I let my ways be established? By pondering the path of my feet. Right? If I, if I go over, over down to this certain place where there's trouble, all right, I'm pondering the path of my feet. If I, if I say, well, if I take my feet down to New Providence Primitive Baptist Church on Wednesday night and on Sunday morning and on Sunday night, and I'm pondering the path of my feet, then the Bible says that my way will be established. It's going to be established either way. If you, if you decide to do the ill thought thing, then you will reap what you sow. But if instead you, you drag your carcass with whatever effort it takes to go to God's house, and hear the word of God that the man of God has prayed and sought God for, then your path will be established by the Lord. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Amen. But the fool, the fool will not turn those ways. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. And it says, remove thy feet from evil. Ponder your ways, your paths. Think on these things that God has told us. Sin has a payday. The wages of sin is death. Those who practice sin, and, and by the way, if you haven't thought about it this way, I'm going to give you a, a very simple thought. That disobedience is the same as witchcraft in God's eyes. And not coming to church by choice 
is disobedience. Therefore, in God's eyes, it's witchcraft. And it's great sin to God. And then we want God to help us. Amen? I, I hear now, day in and day out, how everybody tells me, well, you don't have to go to church to please God. Yet, I know we show in Hebrews 10.25 that we are to assemble ourselves. And you can say, well, that's just one Scripture. But how else am I ever going to hear the Word of God? How else is the unction of the Holy Spirit going to get a hold of me as I didn't understand or didn't know uh, what was going to happen tomorrow? And I needed my pathway established by God. But I refused to go to God's house. I refused to pray. I refused to repent. I refused to hear the Word of God. And instead, I went and established my own way or did what I thought would make me better. But in the, in the, in the outcome of it or the long run of it, what I did was I set myself up that sin would have its way with me instead of God. You see, all God has to do to you and I for us to fail is just not help you. And I don't know about you, but I, 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 I'm a sheep that needs constant help. Now, I, I'm one that needs a continual supply from my Father. I, I can't just get it part-time. I, I'm not satisfied. Uh, see, my biggest fear was, God, uh, the, the preacher asked me to go feed the sheep. i got to have some food. And as I prayed and I started thinking about that, I thought this burden is too great for me. I, I don't have anything to give them. You might have heard me up here praying, confessing it again, saying, God, if you don't come, if you don't show up, if your spirit doesn't use me tonight, then I failed and you, your sheep have not failed. And I said, don't let that happen, God. God's Word will keep us. It's all we need. But I'm going to tell you what, it'll take a conscience, a conscience obedience to turn to God. Not just when it's convenient or when you're in trouble. It'll be a constant thing. It'll be a thing that you predetermined in your mind that, that I want to serve you, God. That I want what you want for me. Amen. And, and, and that's not easy. Amen. Because really what we get from God and what, what we think we need and what we want, three different things. Amen. Well, the Holy Spirit will reveal unto you as you as to whether or not you turn from this world. Amen. And look, turning, doing nothing ain't going to get the job done either. You're going to have to put the effort forth. The effort forth to spend that time like Brenda said. Okay. Uh, how many of you seen the video of, of the girl walking down the street with her face in her phone? And what happened to her? She fell in the sidewalk. You see, that's how the world is today. I, on my way to work every, every morning, there's a little girl, probably 12, 13 years old. She walks out the driveway like this. She never looks up. She never looks around. She doesn't... I don't know if she hears the birds. I don't know if she sees if it's raining out. I don't know if she sees if the sun's out. All I see, she is stuck in that phone. And I thought, that's me. I'm just stuck in this world. I'm just stuck looking at this, this media. Now, granted, some of it could be 
a good thing. Some of it could be an important thing. Some of it could be a bad thing. But the point is that we put it in that book and get it out of all the things that this world is trying to tell us that we need technology. I, I cry at work. I'm tech, technology uh, uh, challenged. I'm technically challenged. Technology challenged. If it's not just plain and simple, hit this button and that works, I'm, I'm struggling. I get frustrated. I get aggravated. I can't concentrate. I can't meditate on what I need to do. I can pick this book up, though. I can go to the reference. It's not that hard. Amen? It helps me. It feeds me. It might not have been exciting for you tonight, but it's what God gave me. Turn back to God. There's plenty of scripture that could have been quoted. There's plenty of thoughts that could have been meditated. Stand to your feet.